part one of book one of laws this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by jeffrey edwards laws by plato translated by benjamin joett part one of book one persons of the dialogue an athenian stranger cleinias a cretan megalos a lacedaemonian athenian stranger tell me stranger is god or a man supposed to be the author of your laws cleinias god stranger in the truest sense they may be said to be the work of god among us cretans the author of them has been supposed to have been zeus but in lacedaemon as our lacedaemonian friend will tell you they say that apollo is their lawgiver megalos just so athenian stranger and do you believe as homer says that minos went every ninth year to converse with his olympian sire and made laws for your cities in accordance with his sacred words cleinias yes that is our tradition and there was radamanthus a brother of his with whose name you are familiar he also is reputed to have been the justest of men and we cretans are of opinion that he derived this reputation from his righteous administration of justice when he was alive athenian stranger yes and a noble reputation too and worthy of a son of zeus as you and megalus have been trained in these institutions i dare say that you will not be unwilling to give an account of your government and laws we can pass the time pleasantly in talking about them for i am told that the distance from gnosis to the cave and temple of zeus is considerable and probably there are shady resting-places under the lofty trees which will protect us from the scorching of the sun being no longer young we may often stop and talk to one another the distance will be easily beguiled in this way cleinias yes stranger if we proceed onward we shall come to lofty groves of cypresses which are of rare beauty and there are green pastures in which we may repose and converse athenian stranger very good cleinias yes very good and will be found to be better still when we see them let us move on cheerily athenian stranger i am willing and first i want to know why the law has ordained that you shall have common meals and gymnastic exercises and wear arms cleinias i think stranger that the aim of our institutions is easily intelligible to any one look at the character of our country crete is not like thessaly a large plain and for this reason they have horses there and we have runners on foot here the inequality of the ground in our country is more adapted to locomotion on foot but then if you have runners you must have light arms no one can run carrying a heavy weight 
and the lightness of bows and arrows is convenient for running all which has been ordered with a view to war and the legislator appears to me to have looked to war in all his arrangements and this i suspect was his motive in gathering the citizens all together at common meals he saw that while they are in the field they are actually compelled to take their meals together for the sake of mutual protection he seems to me to have thought the world foolish in not understanding that war is always going on among all men in cities and if there ought to be common meals under military authority having regular guards for the sake of defence in time of war he argued that they ought to be continued in peace for what men in general term peace is as he said only a name in reality every city is in a natural state of war with every other not indeed proclaimed by heralds but everlasting and if you observe you will find that this was the intention of the cretan legislator all institutions private as well as public were arranged by him with a view to war and he gave his laws to be observed with this intent because he thought that all possessions or institutions ceased to be of any value unless they could be defended for all the good things of the conquered pass into the hands of the conquerors athenian stranger you appear to me stranger to have been thoroughly trained in the cretan institutions and to be well informed about them will you tell me a little more explicitly what is the principle of government which you would lay down you seem to imagine that a state should be so ordered as to conquer all other states in war am i right in supposing this cleinias certainly and my lacedaemonian friend also if i am not mistaken will say the same megalos why my good friend how can any lacedaemonian say anything else athenian stranger and is the war of which you speak properly carried on only between states and not between villages cleinias there is no difference athenian stranger the case is the same cleinias yes athenian stranger and in the village will there be the same war of family against family and individual against individual cleinias the same athenian stranger and are we to conceive each man warring against himself or how is that to be cleinias o oh, athenian stranger inhabitant of attica i will not say for you seem to me worthy to be named after the goddess athene because you go back to first principles and throw a light upon the argument you will now more readily recognize the truth of my assertion when i said that all men are the enemies of all other men both in public and private and every individual of himself athenian stranger my good sir what do you mean cleinias i mean what i say and further that there is a victory and defeat the first and best of victories the lowest and worst of defeats 
which each man gains or sustains at the hands not of another but of himself this shows that there is a war against ourselves going on in every individual of us athenian stranger let us now reverse the order of the argument and begin again with the individual inasmuch as every individual is either his own superior or his own inferior shall we say that there is the same principle in the house the village and the state cleinias you mean the principle of one state being superior and another inferior athenian stranger yes cleinias you are quite right in asking that question for there certainly is such a principle and above all in states and the state in which the better citizens win a victory over the mob and over the inferior classes may be truly said to be better than itself and may be justly praised where the victory is gained or censured in the opposite case athenian stranger whether the better is ever really conquered by the worse is a question which requires more discussion and may be therefore left for the present but i quite understand the meaning of your words when you say that citizens who are of the same race and live in the same cities may unjustly conspire and having the superiority in numbers may overcome and enslave the few just and when they prevail the state may be truly called its own inferior and also bad and when they are defeated superior and also good cleinias that stranger is very singular and yet must be admitted to be the truth athenian stranger here is another case for consideration in a family there may be several brothers who are the offspring of a single pair very possibly the majority of them may be unjust and the just may be in a minority cleinias that is quite possible athenian stranger and you and i ought not to raise a mere question of words as to whether this family and household are rightly said to be superior when they conquer and inferior when they are conquered for we are not considering what may or may not be the proper or customary way of speaking but we are considering the natural principles of right and wrong in laws cleinias that stranger is most true megalos excellent i say too in my opinion as far as i can judge athenian stranger again might there not be a judge over these brethren of whom we were speaking cleinias certainly athenian stranger now which would be the better judge one who destroyed the bad and let the good govern themselves or one who while allowing the good to govern let the bad live and made them voluntarily submit or lastly there might be a third excellent judge who finding the family distracted not only did not destroy any one but reconciled them to one another forever after and gave them laws which they mutually observed and was able to keep them friends cleinias that sort of judge and legislator 
would be by far the best athenian stranger and yet the aim of all the laws which he gave would be the reverse of war cleinias that is true athenian stranger and will he who constitutes the state order the life of man with a view to external war or to that sort of intestine war which is called civil which no one if he could prevent would like to have occurring in his own state and when occurring every one would wish to get rid of as soon as possible cleinias he would have the last chiefly in view athenian stranger and would he prefer that war should be terminated by the destruction of one of the parties and by the conquest of the other or that peace and friendship should be re-established among them in which case they would be able to give undivided attention to their foreign enemies cleinias every one would desire the latter in the case of his own state athenian stranger and would not that also be the desire of the legislator cleinias certainly athenian stranger and would not every one always make laws for the sake of the best cleinias to be sure athenian stranger but war whether external or civil is not the best and the need of either is to be deprecated but peace with one another and goodwill are best nor is the victory of the state over itself to be regarded as a really good thing but as a necessity a man might as well say that the body was in the best state when sick and purged by medicine forgetting that there is also a state of the body which needs no purge and in like manner no one can be a true statesman whether he aims at the happiness of the individual or state who looks only or first of all to external warfare nor will he ever be a sound legislator who orders peace for the sake of war and not war for the sake of peace cleinias i suppose that there is truth stranger in that remark of yours and yet i am greatly mistaken if war is not the entire aim and object of our institutions and also of those of lacedaemon athenian stranger i dare say but there is no reason why we should quarrel with one another about your legislators instead of gently questioning them seeing that they as well as ourselves are quite in earnest let me take you with me and first we will summon tertius who was an athenian by birth and also a spartan citizen and who of all men was most eager about war well he says i sing not i care not about any man even if he were the richest of men and possessed every good and then he gives a list of them unless he be the bravest in war i imagine that you too must have heard his poems our lacedaemonian friend has probably heard too much of them megalos very true cleinias and they have found their way from lacedaemon to crete athenian stranger come now 
and let us all join in asking this question of tertius o oh, most divine poet we will say to him the excellent praise which you have bestowed on those who excel in war sufficiently proves that you are wise and good and i and megalos and cleinias of gnosis appear to be entirely agreed with you about this but we should like to be quite sure that we are speaking of the same men tell us then do you agree with us in thinking that there are two kinds of war or what would you say a far inferior man to tertius would have no difficulty in replying quite truly that there are two kinds of war one which all men call civil war which as we were just now saying is of all wars the worst the other as we should all admit in which we fall out with other nations who are of a different race is a far milder form of warfare cleinias certainly far milder athenian stranger well now when you praise and blame war in this high-flown strain whom are you praising or blaming and to which kind of war are you referring i suppose that you must mean foreign war if i am to judge from expressions of yours in which you say that you abominate those quote, who refuse to look upon fields of blood and will not draw near and strike at their enemies may we not say to him after hearing these words you tertius certainly appear to praise those who distinguish themselves in external and foreign war and he must admit that cleinias certainly athenian stranger these are good but we say that there are still better men whose virtue is displayed in the greatest of all battles and we have a poet also whom we summon as witness theognus citizen of megara in sicily who says quotes cernus he says quote, he who is faithful in a civil broil is worth his weight in gold and silver close quote. and such a one is far better as we affirm than the other in a more difficult kind of war much in the same degree as justice and temperance and wisdom when united with courage are better than courage only for a man cannot be faithful and good in civil strife without having all virtue but in the war of which tertius speaks many a mercenary soldier will take his stand and be ready to die at his post and yet they are generally and almost without exception insolent unjust violent men and the most senseless of human beings what is the conclusion and why do i say this because i want to show that the divine legislator of crete and any other who is worth considering at all will always make laws with a view to the greatest virtue and that virtue according to theognis is loyalty in the hour of danger and this may be truly called perfect justice whereas that virtue which tertius highly praises is noble and was sung of by the poet in the hour of need and yet in place and dignity may be truly said to be only forthright cleinias stranger we are degrading our inspired lawgiver to a very low rank in the scale of legislators athenian stranger nay 
i think that we degrade not him but ourselves if we imagine that lycurgus and minos laid down laws both in lacedaemon and crete mainly with a view to war cleinias what ought we to say then athenian stranger what truth and what justice require of us if i am not mistaken when speaking in behalf of divine excellence that the legislator made his laws not with a view to a part and this the lowest part of virtue but that he had in view all virtue and devised classes of laws answering to the kinds of virtue not in the way in which modern inventors of laws make the classes for they only investigate and offer laws of which the want is being felt and one man has a class of laws about inheritances in part or soul another about assault others about ten thousand other matters of a similar nature but we say that the right way of inquiry is to proceed as we have now done and i admired the spirit of your exposition for you are quite right in beginning with virtue and saying that this was the aim of the giver of the law but i thought that you went wrong when you added that he referred all to a part and a most inferior part of virtue and all that i said afterwards had a bearing on this will you allow me then to explain how i should have liked to have heard you expound the matter cleinias by all means athenian stranger you ought to have said stranger the cretan laws are with good reason famous among the hellenes for they fulfil the object of laws which is to make those who use them happy for all goods are derived from them now goods are of two kinds there are human goods and there are divine goods and the human hang upon the divine and the state which attains the greater at the same time acquires the less or not having the greater loses both of the lesser goods the first is health the second beauty the third strength including swiftness in running and bodily agility generally and the fourth is wealth not the blind god pluto but one who is keen of sight and has wisdom for a companion for wisdom is chief and leader of the divine class of goods and next follows temperance and from the union of these two with courage springs justice and forth in the scale of virtue is courage the four naturally take precedence of the other goods and this is the order in which the legislator must place them and after these he will enjoin the rest of his ordinances on the citizens with a view to these the human going back to the divine and the divine having their eye fixed on their leader mind some of his ordinances will relate to contracts of marriage which they make with one another and to the procreation and education of children both male and female the duty of the lawgiver will be to take charge of his citizens in youth and age and at every time of life and to give them punishments and rewards and in reference to all their intercourse with one another he ought to consider their pains and pleasures and desires and the vehemence of all their passions 
he should keep a watch over them and blame and praise them rightly by the mouth of the laws themselves also with regard to anger and terror and the other perturbations of the soul which arise out of misfortune and the deliverances from them which prosperity brings and the experiences which come to men in diseases or in war or poverty or the opposite of these in all these states he should determine what is the good and evil of the condition of each in the next place the legislator has to watch over the property and expenditure of the citizens and their mutual contracts and cessations of contracts whether voluntary or involuntary he should see how they order all this and consider among whom justice as well as injustice is found or is wanting and honour those who obey the law and impose fixed penalties on those who disobey until the round of civil life is ended and the time has come for the consideration of the proper funeral rites and honours of the dead and the lawgiver reviewing all this will appoint guardians to preside over these things some who walk by intelligence others by true opinion only and then mind will bind together these ordinances and show them to be in harmony with temperance and justice and not with wealth or ambition this is the spirit stranger in which i was and am desirous that you should have pursued the subject and i wanted to know how all these matters are and are arranged in the laws of zeus as they are termed and in those of the pythian apollo which minos and lycurgus gave and how the order of them is discovered to his eyes who has experience and skill in laws although they are far from being self-evident to the rest of mankind like ourselves cleinias but how are we to proceed stranger athenian stranger i think that we must begin again as before and first discuss the habit of courage and then we will go through the other forms of virtue if you please having done this we shall have a model of the whole and with similar discourses we will beguile the way and when we have gone through all the virtues we will show by the grace of god that what has preceded has relation to virtue megalos very good and suppose that you first criticize this praiser of zeus and the laws of crete athenian stranger i will try to criticize you and myself as well as him for we are all concerned in the argument in the first place the common meals and secondly the gymnasia were invented by your legislator with a view to war megalos yes athenian stranger and what comes third and what fourth in the order of your legislation for that i think is the sort of enumeration which ought to be made of the parts of virtue and no matter whether you call them parts or what their name is provided the meaning is clear megalos then i or any other lacedaemonian would reply that hunting is third in order athenian stranger let us see if we can discover what comes fourth or fifth megalos 
i think that i may be able to tell the fourth thing which is the frequent practice of endurance of pain exhibited in certain hand-to-hand -hand fights also in stealing with the prospect of getting a beating there is too the so-called cryptea or secret service in which wonderful endurance is shown those who are employed in this wander over the whole country by day and by night and even in winter have not any shoes on their feet and are without beds to lie upon and have no one to attend them marvellous too is the endurance which our citizens show in their gymnastic exercises contending against the violent summer heat and there are many similar practices to speak of which in detail would be endless athenian stranger that is capital o lacedaemonian stranger but how ought we to define courage is that to be regarded only as a combat against fears and pains or also against desires and pleasures and against flatteries which exercise such a tremendous power that they make the hearts even of respectable citizens to melt like wax megalos i should say the latter athenian stranger you remember that in what preceded our Gnosian friend here spoke of a man or a city being inferior to themselves cleinias yes i said that athenian stranger now which is in the truer sense inferior the man who is overcome by pleasure or by pain cleinias i should say the man who is overcome by pleasure for all men deem him to be inferior in a more disgraceful sense than the other who is overcome by pain athenian stranger but surely the lawgivers of crete and lacedaemon have not legislated for a courage which is lame of one leg able only to meet attacks which come from the left but impotent against the insidious flatteries which come from the right cleinias able to meet both i should say athenian stranger then let me once more ask what institutions have you in either of your states which give a taste of pleasures and do not avoid them any more than they avoid pains but which set a person in the midst of them and compel or induce him by motives of honour to get the better of them where is an ordinance about pleasure similar to that about pain to be found in your laws tell me what there is of this nature among you what is there which makes your citizen equally brave against pleasure and pain conquering what they ought to conquer and superior to the enemies who are most dangerous and nearest home megalos i was able to tell you stranger many laws which were directed against pain but i do not know that i can point out any obvious examples of similar institutions which are concerned with pleasure there are some lesser parts of laws however which i might mention cleinias no more can i show anything of that sort which is very conspicuous in the cretan laws athenian stranger my dear friends that is not very surprising i shall only ask for gentleness and forbearance on the part of all of us if any one of us 
from a desire to see the true and the good should happen to censure the laws of the others cleinias you are quite right athenian stranger and we will do as you say athenian stranger at our time of life cleinias there should be no feeling of irritation cleinias certainly not athenian stranger i will not at present determine whether he who censures the cretan or lacedaemonian polities is right or wrong but i believe that i can tell better than either of you what the many say about them for assuming that you have reasonably good laws one of the best of them will be a law forbidding any young men to inquire which of them are right or wrong but with one mouth and one voice they must all agree that the laws are all good and of divine origin and they are not to be listened to who say the contrary but an old man who remarks any defect may communicate his observation to a ruler or to an equal when no young man is present cleinias that is excellent stranger and like a diviner although not there at the time you seem to me quite to have hit the meaning of the legislator and to say what is most true athenian stranger as there are no young men present and the legislator has given old men free license there will be no impropriety in our discussing these matters now that we are alone cleinias true and therefore you may be as free as you like in your censure of our laws for there is no harm in knowing what is wrong that is the first step to improvement if a man receives what is said in no jealous or hostile spirit athenian stranger very good however i am not going to censure your laws until i have fully examined them as far as i am able but i am going to raise doubts about them for you are the only people known to us whether greek or barbarian whom the legislator commanded to abstain from the very taste of pleasures and amusements whereas in the matter of pains or fears which we have just been discussing he thought that they who from infancy had always avoided the pains and fears and sorrows which must be when they were compelled to face them would run away from those who were hardened in them and become their subjects now the legislator ought to have considered that this was equally true of pleasure he should have said to himself that if our citizens are from their youth upward unacquainted with the greatest pleasure and unused to endure amid the temptations of pleasure and are not disciplined to refrain from all things evil the sweet feeling of pleasure will overcome them just as fear would overcome the former class and in another and even a worse manner they will be the servants of those who are able to endure amid pleasures and have had the opportunity of enjoying them they being often the worst of mankind one half of their souls will be a slave the other half free and they will not be worthy to be called in the true sense men and free men tell me whether you assent to my words cleinias on first hearing what you say appears to be the truth 
but to be hasty in coming to a conclusion about such important matters would be very childish and simple athenian stranger suppose cleinias and megalos that we consider next in order the virtue which naturally follows for after courage comes temperance what institutions shall we find in these states relating to temperance which are better than those of other ordinary states and correspond to their military institutions megalos that is not an easy question to answer still i should say that the common meals and gymnastic exercises have been excellently devised for both purposes athenian stranger there seems to be a difficulty stranger in so ordering acts and words in politics that there should be no dispute about them as in the human body we can hardly say that any one course of treatment is perfectly adapted to a particular constitution for that which does good in one way does harm in another now the gymnasia and common meals do a great deal of good and yet they are a source of evil in civil troubles this is shown in the case of the milesian and boeotian and thurian youth among whom similar institutions which are of old standing with them seem always to have had a tendency to degrade natural love in man below the level of the beasts the charge may be fairly brought against your cities above all others and is true in general of states which especially cultivate gymnastics whether such matters are to be regarded jestingly or seriously i think that the pleasure is to be deemed natural which arises out of the intercourse of men and women but that the intercourse of men with men or of women with women is contrary to nature and that the bold attempt was originally due to unbridled lust the cretans are always accused of having invented the story of ganymede and zeus which is designed to justify themselves in the enjoyment of such pleasures by the practice of the god whom they believe to have been their lawgiver leaving the story we may observe that any speculation about laws turns almost entirely on pleasure and pain both in states and in private characters these are two fountains which nature lets flow and he who draws from them where and when and as much as he ought is happy and this holds of men and animals of individuals as well as states and he who indulges in them ignorantly and in excess is the reverse of happy end of part one of book one recording in memory of mitchell edwards